92.7 WMAY, Springfield's News and Talk. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the program. We start this afternoon by getting an update on something that is relatively new, very exciting, growing in popularity, and as is often the case when that happens, there are occasionally some bumps along the way. So we want to get an update on what's happening in the world of esports. Our uh, District 186 has a team that has done very well, getting better all the time. But again, there are complications there. Now, joining me this afternoon is Dalton McGee, who is the uh, the, the coach of esports here in District 186. But you're actually here not in your official capacity today. Yeah, I'm definitely uh, sharing perspective from being Dalton and not necessarily from being the voice of 186. Um, because what we're talking about is, is some things that... Um, are big issues and, and things that you need the perspective of being the expert in esports, not being a teacher, not being a coach. Well, and we'll get into to all of that in just a moment here. You'll kind of understand why we, we're making that clear at the outset. But before we get into all of that, let's just talk in some general terms about esports. For anybody who's not familiar with the term, what are we talking about when we refer to esports? And why is this such a, a growing and important phenomenon here locally and statewide? So esports are essentially competitive video gaming um, in the same way you would go on a court to play basketball you get in game and play overwatch uh, and so uh, what it has become at the scholastic level is school against school competition um, where kids are held to the same standards of eligibility in fact more strict standards in district 186 um, and and they compete against schools for state trophies and and bragging rights and everything you would compete if you were on the football team it works the same way um, kids go through extensive practice routines and regimens they compete twice a week uh, and matches, and then they go towards the playoffs and state titles. When we think about these sorts of uh, activities at a competitive level in high schools in Illinois, we do think about those sorts of things like practice and then working your way up to championships and tournaments and things. Uh, talk a little bit more about essentially the, the training that goes into the, the, I guess, the tryout process that goes into how do you identify students who have a, a real skill for this to put to bit together a competitive Team. Yeah, so I think um, for, first it's important to mention, you know, that our esports a sport thing is, is an important question. You know, esports are certainly not an athletic. Nobody would make that argument in good faith, but anything done in competition against another team is for sport. You can bass fish for sport. You can esports for sport. Um, and so these kids, we, we have so many kids, almost 300 across the three high schools in our club um, that are vying for spots on varsity, JV, and club teams to compete at those levels. And to get through all those, they have to go through two-day trials tryout process. We even have callbacks, which is always fun to explain to non-theater kids, you know, what a callback <laughs> is. Um, but we, we put them through a rigorous tryout process. We scrutinize their grades. We make that make it clear at the beginning that that's a, you know, you're a student athlete and student comes first. Um, and then we put our teams together and every week they practice four days a week. They have matches two days a week and it's a, a month and a half long season uh, where they will play people as close as Glenwood and as far as Lane Tech College Prep in downtown Chicago. Um, they, they, it's it's the practice, it's the seven matches, it's the playoffs, it's the in-person state finals against all the other teams that make it. It's, it is the same as any other sport that's being played in that regard. Um, and these kids are held to even higher standards of eligibility in District 186. We don't let our kids play uh, in a match if they have even a single F. No. You, you've got 
coaches and assistant coaches. Uh, my in Full disclosure, my son is part of the, the mm-hmm. coaching staff for the Springfield Capitals. That's the name of the District 186 team. Tell me a bit about that part of it. What, what role do the coaches play? How do you uh, help students improve and develop strategy and how they approach these games and things? It depends on the game, but generally speaking, I mean, every game requires a certain amount of um, hand-eye coordination, a certain amount of repetitive, you know, just like free throws, you're not going to get better unless you start shooting them. Um, and, and so there is the like brainless practice, so to speak, do this a million times and get really good at it. But there's also the strategy component. There's there's the complexities of you know what characters you're playing and what characters does this other team play. Where do they prefer to move on the map? How can you adjust your gameplay to counter that? Um, and so our coaches, you know, are varying skills depend of their games. But what they all have in common is they are inspirational for our students. They set a good example of maturity and, and putting what's important first. And then they help the students set goals and achieve those. And, and that process gets them better and better no matter what the game is. Do esports offer the same kind of opportunities for advancement beyond high school, scholarships and, you know, opening the doors to higher education or other opportunities that other sports endeavors offer? We've sent about half a dozen students on full ride scholarships for esports in the last three years. Full ride ride. scholarships. And and, and even more on partial scholarships. Um, Yes. Like to where? What kind of, what schools are? So, I mean, we have have sent a number of them to Lincoln Land to play. We've, We've sent them up to Robert Morris University, which was the first college to ever have esports at a scholarship offering for it uh, in Chicago. Um, we've sent them all over the place, uh, and it's just because District 186 has incredible students that care about their education as much as they do their gameplay. Um, and yeah, they get sent, and it pays for their college just like any other sport does. And as far as I'm concerned, there's no downside when you're giving kids an education and doing something they love. Are, are bigger schools offering this and offering it at, at a scholarship level as well? Yeah, some of the best schools in the country um, on esports. ISU is known nationally um, for their esports program. Maryville University is another one that's local and known nationally down near St. Louis. Um, even Wesleyan is, is very, very good at esports, and, and that's just within an hour of Springfield. Um, they're all over the country, and, and some of the biggest colleges just recognize this is a medium towards a career in, in the same way you have uh, broadcasters and, 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 and graphic designers and business people and other sports that exist in esports, too. So we need to fill that market with capable individuals. Talking with Dalton McGee on the state of esports locally, again, here in a, a private capacity today, but uh, wanted to get into something that is is raising some concern among uh, the people who care about esports uh, here locally and around the state. Uh, we we saw a sign of the the growing popularity and impact of this when the IHSA announced they're adding several more games for state tournament competition, uh, and that's when I reached out to you to, to kind of uh, talk about this. And when I learned that there is um, you know a, a, a real concern out there about the way the state tournament structured, the relationship between the IHSA and a private company they contract with. Walk me through this as to what's going on and and how is this impacting uh, the young student athletes involved in esports? I think in general, the concern is anytime for-profit companies that see our students as dollar signs and not individuals get involved in scholastic esports, the information they disseminate to schools and, and the way they make adults that are just trying to offer kids this opportunity for esports feel they have to do that is problematic. Um, you know, the company that everybody knows and everybody talks about is called Play Versus, and they've been around since 2018. Um, this is a company whose CEO uh, on a podcast about their company said, um, and I quote, uh, it means we can target high school students for any product. If we can capture their attention, we can extract enormous value from it, 
end quote. Um, and he's referring to the fact that they have exclusive rights to stage tournaments in some very popular games. They say they have exclusive rights. And, and that's sort of the interesting um, developments in this is they, they claimed to have exclusivity um, with Nintendo for Super Smash Brothers, with um, Activision Blizzard for Overwatch, with Riot for League of Legends. Um, and, and when that came out, there was a Washington Post article that came out in April. And it basically shined a massive light on all this. And once that happened, um, shortly after, Riot changed their policy and said, never mind, we don't have exclusive partnerships with any anybody for Scholastic Esports. Um, Nintendo said, you never had exclusive partnership with us. That's not true. And, and Activision Blizzard also said, uh, we allow anyone to apply for those rights. It's not just you. Um, and, and so what happened was they sent the state organizations, for example, the Illinois High School Esports Association, the, the Texas version, the, the Wisconsin, all of them got different emails where essentially Play Versus said, hey, uh, you can't play these games anymore. Stop. Uh, we have rights to do this. If you'd like to join, we can give you opportunities, to which most of those state orgs responded and said, you don't know what you're talking about. You can speak to our legal teams if you have further com like conversations. And that's what started this hashtag on Twitter, play versus never. Um, coaches became more aware of the problem play versus was creating. And now if you ask a coach in Illinois that's been around esports for you know a year or two at all, they know who they are and they know that they represent a threat to our students' experience and opportunities. You uh, you mentioned the IHSEA, mm -hmm. Illinois High School Esports Association. Uh, not the same as the IHSA, but when, when esports first started here, that was a group I heard referred to a lot. So what's the relationship now uh, between uh, local esports teams like the Springfield Capitals uh, with the IHSA and the IHSEA? So uh, the distinction, I think, is that the IHSEA has been around longer in terms of the esports space for Scholastic Esports and um, has always been run by teachers for students. It's always been nonprofit. It's always been extremely cheap. A school pays only $100 a year just to participate in any game they want, as many teams as they want. Um, and, and it's always just been about creating an experience for our students that uh, mimics the professional space and mimics the collegiate space. The Capitals, the Titans in Glenwood, I mean, all, Unit 5 is another big school for esports up in Normal. Um, we all have a fantastic relationship with both of those organizations because we all know that we're just trying to do what's best for kids. And the complication comes up when we start bringing in Play Versus or other entities that would benefit financially from using our students' information or from um, making it so they have to play with them to play. Um, those, those barriers to inclusivity and those barriers to opportunity is what will always get me in front of a microphone. Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, the benefits from kids playing video games are immense. There was just a study that came out today. National Institute of Drug Abuse said that uh, three hours or more of video games a day is causing kids to perform significantly higher on cognitive tests. And that sounds like a lot, but when the American Pediatric Association prior to that said two hours or less is what they need, but all their studies were very small sample sizes, and suddenly this significant sample size says mm, that's not really the case. This is this is such a bigger issue than where are kids allowed to play and what trophy they're getting. It's, it's are our kids getting the mental and emotional support they need that video games and these esports opportunities offer? If not, 
we should be looking at what we're doing and what's stopping us from providing that. So the IHSA is offering several sports for a, an official, quote-unquote, state tournament. Uh, and in some cases, they're saying this is the uh, exclusive access to participate in these sports. So that your previous setup with the IHSEA, you're not allowed to do so. NBA 2K is one example that you mentioned that you're you're not uh, allowed to, to stage a, a tournament through the IHSEA. Uh, end result, what, what does this mean for students? Why is this arrangement not in their interests? It's confusing for them. The IHSEA and IHSA um, are totally separate. Um, the IHSEA offers six games. The IHSA offers two of those and three more. Um, <clears throat> for the students, it's just a matter of what are we wanting to do? Is it burnout? Is it confusion of who is the state winner? Is it um, I have to pay this much for this sport, but this much for this one? Um, you know, we heard kids at state finals uh, at IHSA last year that just did a great job, and I was talking to them, and one kid said, yeah, but I wish it was the IHSA or IHSEA rather. And then you go to the IHSEA state finals and those kids are like, man, we, we wish we had these big trophies like IHSA. And I think what is best for kids is for the IHSEA and IHSA to get together, to find that common interest that would best serve our kids, to get for-profit companies out of that conversation and, and band together with best practice to provide an experience that is awesome for our kids, that is inclusive and doesn't stop them because of their socioeconomic status and because they can't afford to pay Eat play versus prices. So are schools objecting? Are you asking the IHSA to change this situation, to come to terms with the IHSEA? Are schools going to opt out of the IHSA tournament to make a statement? How, how do you proceed from here? I can't speak to what other schools interests and, and wishes are. What I can tell you is as somebody who, who is doing everything, you know, this volunteer work for years for students is we just want our kids to have an opportunity to play. Play is the work of children. And we want them to have an opportunity to play, to improve their skills, to grow as leaders and as students so that they can pursue whatever it is they want. It's not a scolding the IHSA. It's not a scolding the IHSEA. It's kind of just like we need to open this dialogue about what works for our kids. And certainly putting a price tag on it is not part of that answer. And so, um, you know, that my, my goal, I guess, as an ambassador to esports or as somebody that's been around and likes to talk a lot is, are we doing what's best? If so, how do we continue to do so and make it better? And if not, what are we doing wrong and how can we move forward from there? In the meantime, for the Springfield Capitals, what what is the uh, tournament season going to look like? Will you participate in both the IHSA and IHSEA? Yeah, we'll participate in both because as far as I'm concerned, um, I want to give my kids an opportunity to play. I want to give them an opportunity to be seen by colleges, by professionals. I want them to um, be unlimited in their potential. And so uh, the IHSEA and IHSA do not schedule th at the same time. So it is possible to do them, um, and we'll give our kids every opportunity to be successful we can. In the meantime, we will continually advocate uh, for their best interests and in keeping uh, for-profit companies out of their lives. Keep us posted on this. In the meantime, any predictions on how many trophies you're bringing home this year? You know what? We have a lot of trophies in our trophy cabinet, but none of them are first-place trophies. And so the, the monkey on our back is uh, we need to finish. Um, we've got a really good Fortnite squad that's starting up IHSEA tournament tomorrow. So we'll see how that goes. Um, but in any case, um, I, I, I appreciate you having me here. I want to reiterate, this is me sharing some thoughts and musings. Um, District 186 does not necessarily share those views about play versus um, and, and I'm just here to continue to try to advocate for what's best for our kids.